our bosses said the N-word, but to make up for it, here's a black guy we paid to bring back the audience in our more densely populated urban areas. It's the Going Out Podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. For those of you who listen to my brother, my brother and me, uh, they have a section where every week they do food-related news that they think the audience will find funny, and they just had something so startling, something that I knew <laughs> that would be right up RC's alley, because I don't well, know. Because you know, I, I reviewed the uh, the Shaq Fu album, you know exactly. And I just I just thought Shaq owning franchises of anything is interesting, and I it was brought to my attention thanks to the McElroy brothers that among what he owns, he owns a uh, a Krispy Kreme, he owns uh, twenty seven Five Guys locations. He's like the Pele of basketball, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Didn't even think about that. But the funniest <laughs> bit, the funniest thing to me, because there's a whole press release for it and everything, because they're going the whole nine yards on this shit, mm-hmm. is that your boy, Shaquille O'Neal, he has some ownership in uh, Papa a, a John's. Just a little bit. As the brand ambassador? If that don't, j- just give the game away. <laughs> This is the meat, the meat and potatoes, the meat and cheese, I guess mm. you could say. Oh. Shaq said he approached CEO Steve Ritchie about working together after Shaq's Funhouse, which Papa John sponsored in Atlanta during the Super Bowl this year. Steve informed me that they were going through some major changes. <laughs> and, and I said, I'd like to be part of the new Papa John's, the considerably mm. less racist Papa John's. Uh, uh, no doubt. We gotta save face. I wanted to be a spokesman for the brand because I believe in the brand and I love the brand. Say brand more, Shaq. I love it. I have truly enjoyed the high quality Papa John's product for years and I'm excited to be able to help Papa John's raise their game to new heights. Can you dig it? <laughs> Shaq's actual thoughts and words. <laughs> that's, that's what the quote says underneath the, the little dash and then Shaq's actual thoughts and words. <laughs> From his brain and mouth. <laughs> Bring the game to new heights. <laughs> Fucking. They ticked all the goddamn boxes. Did he even, did he even say, did they even, like, have a, a meeting where he, like, just was allowed to say that sentence? Like, did that even happen? <laughs> or did they just go, like, look, he just approved of it. He just waved his hand, yeah, sure. Whatever the freaking brand thing says to say, yeah, whatever. I'm just a team member, and when they throw the ball, I know what to do with it, O'Neal said, now adding Papa John's to his list. We're going to continue to help people. And to inform people, everybody is welcome to eat pizza and have fun. And, and if you're not careful, you might learn something before it's done. <laughs> like, I love just how obvious it is, right? Like, I'm not, I'm not crazy here, right? Like, it's so sh- on the nose, dude. <laughs> like, because, like, here's my thing. You bring in uh, him to, to, like, oh, he's manning the chains down there in Atlanta. And it's just like... Who is he to be that type of person? Like, is Shaq a chef? Did I miss that? You know what I mean? Like, because I was just thinking, like, you know, someone was just telling me about, like, 
hey, you know, there are um, new businesses starting up in, in Atlanta, like uh, with like black owned businesses, you know, black chefs and things like that. Mm. And it's just like, oh, yeah, that's really cool that that's happening. And then it's just like, oh, uh, hey, Papa John's is getting in on, uh, you know, that the, the black hiring business by, uh, you know, getting this guy who's already a super millionaire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who could not give a shit about food or making food better, who is just about signing those checks in fucking dashing. Hey, remember when when that one guy said the N-word? Huh? Huh? Big black guy. He's like, and he's like a really big black guy. So we're like, we got, that like double cancels out the racism. <laughs> the USA Today article that I saw was like, the headline is, Shakaroni anyone? I pressed play on the little video underneath and I just happened to have paused it right as it showed like John Schneider's like unhappy face. As it's just like, <laughs> John Schneider used the N-word during a media training session. <laughs> So it's just like, you see the headline is, Shakaroni, anyone? Oh, it is to laugh. What a fluff piece you're going to read. And it's just like, <laughs> just like halfway through this video on it, you know what I mean? Like 24 seconds in, it's just like, um, that sounds like the more interesting uh, story going on here. Oh, yeah. Remember when he used the N-word and now they're hiring a black guy for public relations? That's kind of interesting. And I understand you boys, Papa John's, uh, since that whole snafu. Shaq Fu, let's just say, uh, th they lost a little bit of money. And they're purely trying to get it back and could not give a shit about the people in, of Atlanta, which is the point I want to get across. <laughs> These fucking numbers. The agreement shows Shaq will get 4.125 million over three years. M million? Over three years? And will get 87,136 87, shares of company stock on a vesting schedule. These shares are worth 4.4 million based on Monday's stock price, bringing the value of the agreement to more than eight and a half million dollars. Now, this is only over uh, a few locations in Atlanta, as as we mentioned, but they mm. are putting their full PR weight behind this shit because the other video attached, they got Shaq in the back. And they got in the front of the store before you walk in. 22 shoe size, the big mozzarella. I don't know what that exactly means. I don't know what those two have I to do with each I other. But it's got the, uh, it's got the outline of Shaq's shoes, his mm. shoe size. So when you're walking in, you can have a little laugh to yourself. Mm. You, you, can, you, can, you can see how you measure up to the Shaq, Chef Shaq, in the back trying to make y himself a pizza. Nothing about this seems sincere or genuine. It reminds me, and I think some folks will be familiar with this, there was a Hulk Hogan-branded pasta place. Pasta mania has got all my Hulkamaniacs running wild, and I've eaten so many Hulkaroos and Hulkus. He needs the carbs, and where better to get those carbs than the Hulk Hogan-themed pasta restaurant? Now, that was 1990-what, four, five? I don't think we're gonna see Hulk Hogan name on restaurants anytime soon. Not, not exactly as safe as Shaq, but now you bring up an interesting point. I really can't think of at any time that Shaq's been, like, a controversial figure like maybe he was like smack talking on the court i think he dissed someone in a rap song maybe that's what's missing from this whole thing is a rap song oh about no you, oh now you're about to speak it into existence that's what's next no look what you've done that's the only piece of the puzzle that's missing a rap song about papa john's performed by shaquille o'neal written by the very white board of advertising <laughs>
I enjoy uh, uh, Papa John's. It is very good. You should have them in your neighborhood. Uh, <laughs> Papa John's is great, and it's incredible. Uh, the rap song will increase shares in Atlanta by 25%. Oh, wait, shit, don't use that line. Replace it. Stop. <laughs> Replace it with something about the pizza being stop. edible. Stop. So we get Shaq to stop rapping these lines. <laughs> and he's, just, he's not even thinking about it. This is all anchor man. <laughs> this was all a big mistake. It hasn't improved our sales at all. Wait, wait, what? No, don't even think about it, Shaq. Your girls, Nikki and Cardi, have been uh, making some big moves. Well, on one side of the aisle, you got Nikki who just released a new song and a music video, and you got Cardi B who posted a video talking about how she stabbed her asshole with a long fingernail and how she made herself bleed. What? Oh. <laughs> I, honestly, I don't know if that's a new video. I just saw it for the first time this week. Uh, Cardi oh. was just talking about how she was in the shower. So I'm washing my ass, and I'm washing it very fast, and I just got my nails done, and they were so pointy. Do you know that I stabbed my asshole? Dude. And I started bleeding. Uh... Cardi, look. It's like what they say when people are texting and driving, right? Like, some things can wait. You gotta take your time. You don't have to send that text right now. You don't have to wash your ass all that fast, Cardi. And everybody always asks me, how do you wash your ass? And it's never complicated because you really wash your ass with this part right here. So, but I was going mad fast, mad hard. You know what I'm saying? I like to keep my ass clean because... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta take the good with the bad. You gotta go slower in the fucking yeah. shower. That's what you gotta. You gotta be mindful <clears throat> of that shit. But Nikki, on the other hand, something a bit more substantial. I, I don't know what the hell there is to say about this new song and video for Megatron. I have honestly <sighs> no interest in it. It's so like. I'd said on Twitter, it's like it's like the Anaconda video if it was less interesting. It's it's not nearly as bad as the songs that were on her album but yeah also, right? like you said not nearly as interesting like it's the perfect like good enough song it's trying to do the things that nikki was good at with her pop songs her pop singles and also trying to work some of the rap shit in there too and it doesn't really do either. Yeah, I'd take Super Bass over this, honestly. I would take Super Bass. I would absolutely take Anaconda over this. I know a lot of people aren't a big fan of Anaconda. I actually I actually enjoy that song. I'm still not that big of a fan of it, but I would I like still it. take it over this because at least that's like, you know, provoking. Yeah, this shit's like not even all that catchy. <laughs> like, I barely remember it. She is really playing it safe. Like, as an yeah. artist right now, like, wow, she, like, it's like, not too many punchlines, you know, not too many flows, you know, don't sing too much, you know, it was just kind of like, mm. and, and like I said, the video just seemed like they were just recording, it just looked like it was like B-roll from the Anaconda video. <laughs> I just did a stream right before we did this podcast, about to do a stream uh, right afterwards, man. Uh, on on Station Ed, you know, uh, playing some music, you know what I'm saying? Playing some dope joints, definitely come through. Do you still plan on doing the, uh, what we're talking about today, streaming this after the episode, uh, goes live? If I like them, you know. And I don't think there's any better way to transition into, uh, this week's mm -hmm. Patreon request. And if you want to know, uh, how to request an album to be reviewed on the show, uh, listen and we will explain it 
at the end of the show. Our first request, and only request, actually, this week, is from Carl Astrum, requesting Taste the Secret by Ugly Duckling, a group I remember from uh, back in the day, back in the, you're on the fucking blog spot, mm. and you're downloading a whole bunch of albums of bands you're not really familiar with, more of the underground scene. Ooh. And I recognize- You're absorbing the knowledge. You know, it's, it's not a lot of risk, it's not a lot of investment. Through less than legal means, one might say, you know. You're just trying to get cultured, man. Exactly, exactly. I don't see what's wrong. In this economy? Especially. I know these days it's a bit easier with, like, Spotify or whatever, but we weren't that fortunate back then. Mm-hmm. Times were different. If you didn't have the dough... I'm just supposed to be sitting here uh, alone listening to music while so-and-so down the street uh, gets to hear the latest new jazz? I don't think so. Not in the US of A. I'm talking your right smack dab in the middle of the 2008-2009 recession. You kids don't know shit about that. You don't know how hard it was to pirate music in Obama's (laughs) America. With all that said, we got Ugly Duckling here. It's a... Oh, uh, man. It's an underground type deal. You got the two you got the two boys sharing the mic. You got Einstein on the ones and the twos on the wheels of steel. You sound like you're about to explode. So I'm just going to let you air your presumably grievances with this oh album God. and kick things off right. This is the most pitiful fucking album I've ever heard. Is like, pitiful the right this? word? Is, is pitiful what? the right word? It's so like corny. It's just corn just Corn on, got corn on, corn on, corn, got corn on, corn on, corn. This motherfucker, like, first of all, I started listening to this album, and I just had, you know, when you listen to a song, and like, I didn't, I went in just listening to it, not knowing anything from Adam, just hit play. You know what I mean? It, it didn't know about it. So I'm like listening to this album, and I'm like, wait, is this a, is this a children's album? I don't think there's any cursing on the album, if I remember correctly. That's what I kind of wanted to get into. Yes, there is. <laughs> there is. What's so there? So it was just like, yeah, so so we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Shit, I don't even remember that. They sound like rappers from 1982 fucking quantum leaped into the year 2003, and they told you to make a rap album, and it was just like, uh, well, hippity-doo and hippity-day were the opening act, and we came to say, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> See, I was, I was going to ask you, because you bring up an interesting point, that yes... There definitely is some, um, I'm going to cut him some slack here. I'm going to call it old school flavor. Dated, one might say. I was getting some big time De La Soul vibes, personally. Okay. And I I wouldn't consider De La Soul pitiful. They're funnier than this. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You want to hang out with them, you know? Yeah, I don't really want to hang out with, uh... And their fucking meat shakes. Okay, yeah, what? look, if we're just going to address that right out the gate, <laughs> I like a concept album. I like an album mm-hmm. with an underlining plot. If you it's know. done well, we've, we've seen some on this show that have been, we've seen other ones that did it not so great. I thought it was an okay concept as is, right? Right, right, yeah, yeah. You know, it's got a little joke going to it. It's about restaurants. And you, you got know, your fucking Good Burger, Mondo Burger type that, scenario That's exactly what I'm talking about. You, dude, when I was listening to this, I was just like, 
this sound like some fucking Nickelodeon rap shit. Like, what is this? I was like, is this from like an era of like Good Burger albums I wasn't aware of? And then like at the last second, maybe they like had to change the plot. You know what I mean? You got a fucking free copy of Taste of Secret with your BK Kids meal. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. So what you got here is, and this kind of reminded me of like, some like snarky video game or comic book where you got this restaurant mm. called Meat Shake, and the whole thing is that they sell milkshakes, but they're they're made with meat. Mm-hmm. And the French fries are made of meat. Everything on the menu is made of meat, and that probably would have been okay for one, maybe two tracks, maybe. You know, it overstays its welcome. What comes to mind for me is, uh, have you ever heard this, uh, you know, these two songs that are made by, like, scientists or whatever, music theory guys of, like, the most wanted song and the most unwanted song? And one of the things that's in there is children screaming advertising slogans. So, (laughs) so, you know, in there, it's just like, let's all go to Walmart! And then, like, as I'm listening to this song... At the end of a lot of these songs is a reoccurring thing of, yeah, let's go get a meat shake. Let's go to the meat shake. Wait, I'm just like, I don't, I don't care that you're doing it ironically as a joke. I don't want to listen to this shit. This sounds fucking horrible. See, it's inconsistent too, right? Because at the beginning of the album, the skits uh, start at the beginning of the song and then the song has, like, nothing to do with it. It's just kind of there. But later, on the second half of the yeah. album, they're doing the skits at the end of the songs, and sometimes the next song has something to do with the skit. Other times they don't. And I gotta bring this up, because I assume you didn't, because I didn't initially either. If you, if you look on Spotify, the last song, track 18, is Turn It Up Refried. If you look at the time, it's seven and a half minutes. And the reason it's seven and a half minutes, as mentioned on last week's show, oh! is that there is a bonus hidden track. Muse, can I tell you a little story? Tell me a story. <laughs> so I'm listening to this shitty ass album <laughs> and I finally get to the end and I'm just like, I cannot believe what I just heard. <laughs> like, but I'm just like. Oh, man. But, the, you know, something else started to distract me. I either had to, like, play, uh, had to finish a level or something like that. Like, I was listening to it, you know, or whatever. And, you know, I finally get to the end, and I'm like, oh, hey, I should turn on some mute. And then I look back down, and I'm just like, oh, god damn. And I see, like, I just happened to catch <laughs> that the track was still going. <laughs> so I just looked down, and I say, it literally was just like, I looked down and just go, Oh, God damn. And then it was like, we're vegans and we love to talk about the dead. And I was like, oh, fuck oh, me. No. <laughs> like, I honestly couldn't believe it. This is what's so confusing to me. And I hate to spoil the story, but we're going to go all over the place. All right. So, yeah, fuck it. So what you got here is uh, this last track, which is just a song from earlier. In the album, it's a little remix done again, mm. or like or a, a, a reprise, I guess, because it's reprised. Sort of a Wu-Tang Seventh Chamber remix, you know. Right, yeah. I didn't even include it in my rating because it's just the same fucking song again. Why would mm-hmm. I? But I didn't realize that there's a little hidden track. Now, what's confusing to me about the hidden track 
This is at the end of the album. Why, at the end of the song, when they're like, hey, owner of the vegan, of the veggie hut or whatever, you should go over and confront the folks from Meat Shake. And she's like, yeah, I think I will. But, but then the confrontation is like at the end of track 15 or something? Like it already happened. What, 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 why is it here? Why is this track here and not earlier where it should have been? I think it's because, if I may, uh, you know, jump to uh, some conclusions. Oh, yeah, I I, I want your theory, yes. They thought, you know, the people are are loving this album so goddamn much. Especially Darren. He's digging the fuck out of this. He can't get enough. We just gotta hit him with a little bit of, you know, a little extended universe. World building. They lost my goodwill a long time ago. (laughs) So by the time it got to this point, I was like, through, through? (laughs) Opening act really sets you up for what to expect. It's literally, it was like, so the joke is, <laughs> we're the opening act. The guys you're not really here to see, but the whole joke is that, you know, you're just dealing with us so that you can get to the main act. <laughs> and they're slightly funny, but not funny enough to warrant how annoying they are. Okay, we're a comedy rap group. That's the point, right? Like, oh, boom, I'm with you. I'm with you. We're the opening act. We hope you had a nice evening. We'll keep working hard here and we'll never stop believing. Maybe one day we'll ride the tour bus and you'll be coming out to see us. Nah. After these lines that are just like fucking flat as water, we get to the outro, which honestly kind of made me laugh for a second. Say I, I gotta ask it. What's your favorite song on the album? Uh, so, in addition to them being corny as shit, mm. they also like doing their, their throwback hip-hop tracks. Oh, like that, it's every fucking track, yeah. Yeah, like, you, you go to one track and you can hear Kid and Play, which, oh, I'm about to get to it in a second. That, that kind of pissed me off. And uh, then you get another track, like Abigail Silk. Which yes. I actually really enjoyed. I was like, what the fuck? We got a fucking Tribe Called Quest here type of fucking joint? Like, holy shit. And I was like, wait, is this a remake of something? Like, am I mistaken? So I thought that was actually really fun. Um, So the one or two times they did, you know, remakes and it kind of matches it, I, I was able to enjoy it. And, you know, one or two of the, the, the rap tracks, I think it's the, the drive-through. But then you get fucking Dumb It Down. Ugh. It's almost embarrassing to listen to. Like, literally, like, I... I <laughs> you don't want anyone to hear you're listening yes, to Yes! <laughs> at one point, I wrote down, this is like, if someone were rocking, I'd be listening to this right now while I was playing some, like, embarrassing, like, fucking clown porn or some shit like that, I would sooner <laughs> hit the pause button on this fucking album. <laughs> Here's an interesting uh, flip to that, right? Uh, the two songs... On this album that I gave mm. the highest ratings to, mm-hmm. are Abigail Silk and Dumb It Down. <laughs> Ugh, you like that <laughs> one? Oh my god! I didn't mind it. It was just so overdoing the like, we don't dumb it down, folks. But then it's like, you listen to their lyrics, 
and they're not that complex. So it's just like, all right, well, it kind of sounds like you are, because if this isn't, then maybe you're not that good of rappers, man. <laughs> and uh, which songs had your uh, lowest ratings? <sighs> Fucking energy drink. Dude, that had me mad because I actually know that kid and play song. The energy! Hey, the energy! Oh, that was one of the okay. fucking dopest kid and play joints, and it's not on Spotify, so I'm fucking mad about that. Whoa, uh, that's weird. <laughs> it fucking starts off again. This sounds like. I, I had to stop for a second. I was just like, were these guys on like Nickelodeon or something? It starts off like, are you ready? Like, it sounds like the start of some, like, you know, Japanese uh, racing video game from, like, 2002 or some shit. <laughs> Fucking you know? PlayStation 2 era shit. Like, yeah. the way it sounds like it's charging up and just like, what the oh, fuck yeah. is this? <laughs> I didn't mind the album nearly as much as you seemed to. I, I kind of let it pass. I kind of let it live. Until right about the end, or at least the second half, it just, like, it took a noticeable nosedive right around the tracks Potty Mouth. Oh my god. Daisy and The Confrontation. Those are the lowest rated songs for me. They got two, two, and two and a half. Actually, there's another two and a half fucking tough guy. Potty Mouth might be the worst song ever. <laughs> I can't. I can't give it that. That's not. That's no. not. That's not Let possible. Let me explain. Not on this show. Let me fucking explain. Okay. Okay. This Go is ahead. So, so the fucking track is about. Ooh, you've got a potty mouth, and and you need to stop cursing. And I'm just listening to this track, like I'm listening to this, like I'm a grown man listening to other grown men make a song about telling me to not curse, and that I have a potty mouth. I'm like, I, like that was the point where I was just like, is this a Mormon rap album? What the <laughs> fuck is this? What yeah. in the world am I listening to? So in Turn It Up, there's a lyric where they're bragging about how loud their music is, right? And, yeah, you know, yeah. they're supposed to be one-upping each other. Like, my music is so loud. You know, it, it, it blew my girlfriend's clothes off. You know what I'm saying? Like crazy like that. I had a heavy metal neighbor. It used to be torture. My mom told him turn it down, but he ignored her. So I turned my speakers to that corny nigga's house. I turned it up to 10, and now he's moving out. What type of fucking build-up and payoff was that? You know what I mean? I had a heavy metal neighbor. And first of all, the song's about how, like, we're making really loud music, and then I had a heavy metal neighbor, and my mom wanted him to turn his music down. Like, what? What? You're already messing up the fucking... Yeah, <laughs> you know, the feel what of the song. What about your music? Is there, is yeah. there, and, and your music's not that loud. Like, it doesn't bump that hard. Not even close. It was just like, what the fuck is going on? I will say, fucking Einstein is kind of the star of the show here in most of the tracks because the beats and the production is usually a lot better than the lyrical content but it's not fucking bumping like that like what are you talking about and that brings me back to potty mouth my point is yeah this song is about how you need to stop cursing yet there was literally a lyric earlier where he said uh these corny niggas and so it's just like but so you didn't even so i'm just listening to this stupid fucking moralizing bullshit that sounds like it's out of a fucking utah baptist church or or, or mormon church where someone you know uh, what was those white pa those awkward U early youtube videos of like white pastors trying to be down with the kids you know <laughs> christ yeah. is my nigga you know that's, <laughs> that's what i'm fucking thinking but at least that was that was fucking edgier than this and i know this is a bit late to say it episode 202 we should have had a fucking hall of shame like <laughs> the worst songs and find and fucking make a goddamn 
Spotify playlist out of them shits. <laughs> a lot of Lil B would be on there. Oh yeah, that's true. The fucking playlist would be at least five hours. <laughs> Moment of truth time. Uh, what? Oh man. Potty Mouth is the first song I've ever given a negative one. I just want to make that absolutely clear. But overall, yeah, I'd give it, I'd give this album a, a one. I, I got a three. And um, that feels wrong. But the other album we'll be talking about this week is the new EP from ya boy Lil Nas X. Up till now, we've just been given the uh, the Old Town Road that we're all fucking familiar with. It's all the rage. It's all the rage. It's currently the number one song in the country. Woo, boys riding high. Doesn't get as much radio play as the number one song in the country should, actually. At least not on hit radio stations. It's well, getting... I mean, we know what stations it should be playing on more, but... Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yes, that's true, too. But we got a few more tracks. Uh, the EP is only 18 minutes, so I don't know exactly how much time uh, we'll spend on this. But this is the moment, right? This is the moment, the make or break, where we find out if Lil Nas X is going to be the next designer. He's got the one big, massive hit that's the inescapable, like, panda. And then you fucking get the album. It's like, oh, that was fucking it. But here, you got Lil Nas X, who didn't go that route of the whole... I'm going to do a whole fuck release. It's no, these are a few really short songs. They're in, they're out on to the next thing. Something feels wrong about having the remix of your song first. That is the more well-known one. Like that's the one that's on the top of the charts, not the original. As soon as you see that, that stinks of desperation to me. Because what you're supposed to do is put the original song first, and then, hey, at the end, didn't we have such a great time? Here's the remix to bring it home. Why is the original on there at all? Because, yeah, it's basically the same song. It's the 7 EP. You got a song in here that uses the number 7 as an L in closure. Why would you fuck up the flow with an 8th track? Let me throw out the theory. I think uh, he originally wanted it to just be the seven tracks, but the studio was like, nah, put that Old Town Road remix first, put that shit up front, and he was just like, well, it's supposed to be seven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't his idea. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Then we get to Panini. What do you think? I think it's okay. Um, I'm not in love with it. I had fun with that track. You know what this is? This album is, okay, so the last album we listened to was the fucking Nicktoons, you know, fucking, uh, do you, you remember when, uh, K uh, Kel Mitchell had the, I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, that, this is the fucking missing sound, uh, uh rest of the soundtrack to that, right? You it know? Was fucking Yo Gabba Gabba. Exactly, that's what that fucking shit, but this, this, this? This album is the guy that they would get on to all that. That would, like, you would be like, oh, uh, shit, how the fuck? Yo, all that actually was able to get fucking, you know, TLC? You know what I mean? Fucking Method Man? You know, like, where you see, like, oh, snap, they kind of they kind of know the little audience right there. You know what I mean? You're, you remember how, like, you know, like, that would be, like, that would actually be on They have, like, Heavy D. They'd have, like, people of the time, you know? Naughty by Nature. Uh, right? Like, they was on point. Lil Nas X is the upcoming star that they would get on that show. That, that's how I contextualize this album. You mentioned all of that. 
we can't go without saying that they brought that shit back, that all that's back on Nickelodeon with a new cast and everything. And, uh, don't they have, a yeah, Keenan and Kel is, uh, uh, they're overseeing it, ain't they? Uh, Kel is. <laughs> I don't think Keenan <laughs> has anything to do with it. Kel oh, Mitchell man. is the executive producer. He came back in the first episode to do his fucking repairman, like the high school coach character. It's out, is it? The first episode is on YouTube in full. I watched a little bit of it. Uh, fucking Lori Beth Denberg is back doing the fucking librarian. And here's the two issues I have with it. Because, I mean, it's not for me. If I don't find it funny, that's really not its problem. That's, you know, I'm not its target demo. But they used the same theme song. They, they, gotta, they gotta get you to come back. It's recognizable, <laughs> sure, but you couldn't have someone else perform it? Like someone a bit more modern? Oh, come on. No one's gonna be able to do a Left Eyes verse. You know? I guess you're right, yeah. <laughs> it's like Mufasa and the Lion King. They can't... <laughs> <laughs> they, could, they tried, and they couldn't find it anything better. Like you had said, Lil Nas X would be the musical guest. Musical guest of the first, all of that, brought back on Nickelodeon. Who do you get? Jonas Brothers. What? <laughs> sure, like, a little comeback, right? <laughs> yeah, they're fucking big. I get it. You know, they got a song in heavy rotation. They out of that Disney contract, so you mm. know. Nickelodeon's mm -hmm. like, hey, what's good? I gotta give him points, by the way, for Panini. He made a really smart move. He gave writers credit. Uh, to Kurt Cobain for the, for the perceived interpolation. I mean, I see it. <laughs> I don't think I would have made that conclusion if people didn't point it out, though. But that's a smart move to do it before anyone complains. What it sounds like to me is, it, that legitimately sounds like he had a, what he thought was a dope hook. And then in the middle of writing it, he was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's just so quirky like right it's, it's called panini it's like hey panini don't you be a meanie that you wanted me to go why are you trying to give me teeny you know it's like it's that sort of playful like doll you you rapscallion you know it's that type of uh, uh energy going on right the sort of like a that, that rascal and specifically because you know uh and i didn't know this because i didn't know the show it's referencing chowder and how like panini was a character that was always like you know an asshole or something like that oh okay yeah, Interesting. yeah. he's doing the fucking uh joseph chilliams yeah, Number. he said. Yeah, he says. Uh, Panini was possessive over Chowder in the show. She's a representation of fans who love you when you're small, and once you get in the spotlight, they aren't feeling you as much. And I specifically wanted to bring that up uh, because you know you kind of hear that on the album. There's a that. That's what I kind of like about this album. It's a, it doesn't feel like just a bubblegum pop album. It feels like. Hey, I'm making, you know, rap songs, and I kind of want to talk about what I'm going through. I really enjoyed that. Like, I liked, um, specifically Panini, specifically Kick It. I loved Kick It. There's this spacey, open style that rappers are doing, and, you know, some rappers aren't doing it as well. Like, I mean, uh, like, what's that song, uh, Speed It Up? Speed It Up? The, the Gunna song. It's like a Cadillac submarine underwater, you know, just sort of like vibing as it bobs back and forth. The, you know, it's just, it's got that really like underwater type, just like feeling sound. Matter of fact, I think the video actually looked like that. Uh, in the video for uh, Speed It Up, like you see like this car just like driving and it looks like it's underwater. And it's like, that's a what a lot of this sort of sound sounds like, specifically uh, Kick It, the fucking um, run. Two for three, 
Yeah. See, see if you need we yeah, if for me and then the little it's good. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Lil Nas X, I, I really like his flow. And mm-hmm. there there is a couple times, I forget which song it was, where he does a very old town road flow on it. I, th- I think it might have been Bring You Down. I don't remember exactly, but it was like... Yeah, mm, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to mm, it. I, I see what you're doing. But yeah. Especially, like like we mentioned earlier with the Nirvana, you could definitely tell this guy's taste. Bringing up uh, Bring You Down. This has got, like, in the first few seconds, I was like, this sounds like the goddamn Pixies. Yeah. Like, late 80s, early 90s kind of grunge. I'm like, this is his fucking jam. Like, you can tell he's into that shit. Like, he is young enough to be into lots of eccentric tastes and also young enough to, and this is kind of what I like about it also, like, young enough to, like, want to experiment with those tastes and really reflect that. Mm. However, it does kind of feel derivative in some places, specifically yeah. with song like Bring You Down or uh, Family. Like, Family straight up sounded like it was from the Digimon soundtrack, you know? Let's kick it up! Another night tomorrow, you know? You and me, we got a family, we gotta fix this family, see? I was like, alright, I, I get what you mean, but... Uh. Family got my lowest rating on the album it's it's my least favorite it's like people on twitter were like man this album's so versatile he's got the rap he's got the country he's got that fucking rock song and it's like that just sounded like he fucking he drove down the street and he saw that there was a fucking band like a teenagers in their fucking Mm. mom's garage practicing and he just fucking hit record it doesn't rock yeah something about it like the drums sound bad something like yeah. it just doesn't fit it doesn't sound good it sounds like a raw group that was polished over by you know modern editing you know what i mean <laughs> but like it they're still kind of like like he wanted to do the live band thing but he wanted to bring you know yeah some friends that maybe like weren't that good but like you know the engineer's just like we'll work with it <laughs> you know <laughs> overall my favorite track uh, still that fucking Old Town Road, dude. Oh, no, I, that, that got superseded. Both those tracks I can skip. God damn, Rodeo? You were a fan what? of Rodeo, huh? Oh, I loved it. When Car- dude, when Cardi B came in. Whole point is that I'm washing my ass, right? Yo, I was fucking dead. <sighs> that was fucking- Oh, you wasn't feeling that! I didn't think it was that good. I, th- I thought it was okay. I didn't I didn't think she brought that much to it though, especially to be the fucking like only feature on the album. I liked how she, you know, played the position in the rap song, right? Like, okay, we're going for the cowboy angle. So I'm gonna throw in a little, you know, little uh, out west imagery, little armadillos, little truck that, stops. That was know. fucking whack. That that line was whack. <laughs> Feel like Brillo something's armadillo. I was like, mm, what the fuck is that? Maybe it was because you got Lil Nas X, he's on the come up, he's a new kid on the block, you don't want to overshadow him too much, Mm. I get it, you don't want to make it all about you, I get it. Yeah, you know, it it didn't need to be explosive, you know. Uh, I've heard her do better. She looked around and saw what song she was on, you know, so she she acted accordingly. I thought, uh, Closure, Rodeo, Kick It, um, I gave all those the same rating, um... I liked them better than Bring You Down and Panini, 
it was kind of middle of the road for most of it. My thing is, is like, I really enjoyed Panini. Mm. I really enjoyed Kick It. I especially enjoyed how he was playing with his voice to, to really be a character in that song. Mm. You know, the way it was kind of like whispering, just sort of like, if that's what you need, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and how it's like, he kind of gets like a little whine later on when he's just, because he's playing the dude that, you know, goes like, oh, hey, you blew up and I just happen to know you. Hey, man, you know, let me be your guy. You know, let me be your weed man, you know? <laughs> like, hey, I'll get you the best shit. Yo, bro, yo, low, I got that shit. Like the way his voice went down at that one point, I was just like, that was really fucking cool. So, so I really like Kick It, I like Panini, I like Rodeo, and those three songs were so good to me. It like it made me realize how I honestly feel Old Town Road is kind of incompetent in comparison. Like, holy shit, I feel like Rodeo should have been the the bigger one because it uh what is the uh the that fucking the way that fucking please let me know that shit was so fucking catchy i I thought that shit popped he does have really catchy choruses to me it doesn't get more infectious than old town road though it feels like it almost really rocks hard and i never get that well that edge that i feel like i get from rodeo however uh i feel like there's still the sort of lyrical uh inconsistency not 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 lyrically but i mean as well as like writing a song yeah and knowing what how to put what words and elements where you know because the hooks are kind of there but like uh when in the very first verse when it's just like uh uh i'm gonna call you later on baby don't you ever forget i'm gonna take you to this party me white go and have some sex <laughs> like <Yeah>. what <laughs> i'm gonna take you to this party we gonna go and have some sex like it just it just felt so herky jerkily delivered yeah yeah but I felt that same way on Old Town Road too, right? When it was just like the bull riding and boobies. Like, like, I like that. Right? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, like, I, I'm not saying the rest of the album isn't any good. I'm just saying that that's still my fave. Like, that's still the fucking king. It needs it, and I'm not. I'm not even exaggerating. It needs a third verse. Yeah, Panini, uh, Kick It, and uh, Rodeo, fucking explosive for me. Uh, family. Um, bring you down and closure. Those just felt they felt like there was just some sort of movement missing. You know what I mean? What did you think about him singing on closure? He did this little kind of rough kind of. I'm gonna try to do the high higher pitch. I'm gonna try to sing a little bit. It, it wasn't great. I didn't hate oh, it. Yeah, but uh, I didn't like this. Yeah, I didn't like the singing. No. I was looking at the lyrics now, yeah, yeah. You're like an overnight sensation, you're the number one song in the country. How don't you have more features on here? Did no one want to be involved, or did you just not reach out? Because you could have, actually I'm gonna correct that, you should have, had someone else do the singing on that track, and there's no reason why there isn't more features than just Cardi on one track. This album does feel rushed. The the looser tracks like that, they feel like they're just like not finished yet. And it feels like there's that sense of strike while the iron's hot. Boom, let's just get the biggest name we can. Fuck it, Cardi, get in here. You know what I mean? There's a thing I'm noticing a lot of the more underground people doing, and I've been mentioning on the last, like, three fucking shows, but Kim Petras, uh, Slater, a lot of these underground pop acts, they release singles, like, every week mm-hmm. or every couple weeks or whatever. I don't think we needed this yet. I think... Mm-hmm. Maybe release Panini, then, yeah. then wait. Dude. Release Rodeo, then wait. 
Wait yep. until you have a big, complete, cohesive project to release. Not an 18-minute EP. That's not going to be enough for anyone. And half of the tracks aren't even all that good. If you've got the number one... I'm going to keep repeating this. You've got the number one <laughs> song in the country. Everyone's talking about you. People are going to be willing to wait if it's going to be better. That, for real. Like, literally, he could build... He Like, still number one, he could build off this hype for another month, then start... Could have started putting out Rodeo. And then it's like, oh, now we've already got another country single. See where his sound can go from there. In the same way that... Because, like, I've started hearing fucking people doing rap country tracks or I've started hearing rap country tracks that were made like a couple of months or a couple of years ago start showing up on Spotify charts and they all fucking suck but you know are you talking about your boy Tyga who tried to do it (laughs) fuck Tyga get out of here when I saw Panini was on Twitter it was like Thursday night I was like oh shit Lil Nas X has a new song out and then I woke up the next morning and I was like oh he released it all at once Oh, no, 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 no. Immediately was like, wait, huh? (laughs) All of Twitter was talking about Panini. You could have rode Panini for at least another month or two. You know know what it might have been? Might have been leaks. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Maybe there's that element to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to say I was disappointed because, honestly, my expectations weren't over the fucking moon for me yeah it was fine for a pot like i said this is the guy that you invite on all that you know it's like that has his mm-hmm. place too i like that there's night like this guy's like 19 right and he's making like stuff that sounds like this like that's fine to me i mean it's better than fucking juice world making the fucking oh girl i'm gonna get my revenge on you by being popular i'm drake to the fucking uh 10th power over here Oof. uh but what would you give this album uh, I got a three. I also got a three. Yeah. For a fucking 18 minute EP from a dude who just fucking blew up, a three ain't bad. Yeah. For the Going Off podcast, that about wraps it up for this week. If you were listening and you heard us review an album that was a little unorthodox, a little unusual for us, a little older, and you were wondering why we would review an album from 2003, why in the world we would do that to ourselves, <laughs> why we would listen to Ugly Duckling. Well, they can have Patreon to blame because we're on Patreon and we're taking requests for album reviews for older albums we might not talk about that are not going to come up in our minds normally or naturally. Head on over to either patreon.com slash rapcritic or patreon.com slash muse for details. We got different tiers of rewards and we've got rewards specifically for the album reviews on the podcast. You can head on over to the page, check out what you need to do where you need to go from there. Mm. I highly suggest you follow us on Twitter because we've been fucking talking about the Shaquille O'Neal thing all day. <laughs> so you, you kind of get a glimpse as to what the show is going to be about. It's a little teaser, a little mm. sampler. Uh, follow Rap Critic on Station Head. We would be listening to an album after this if... Uh, <clears throat> but anyway. <laughs> they can't all be bangers. They can't all be zingers. They can't all be winners. But... um. Also, I'm going to take this time to mention that if you are a fan of the podcast, but you're not exactly familiar with what I do, you can head on over to my YouTube page. That is youtube.com slash Muse Productions. We have new videos every Friday. In addition to that, we also got new merch out. We both have uh, Teespring stores. So uh, Mm -hmm. if if you just look on the bottom of this video, if you're watching on YouTube, you can get a link to some of uh, Darren's fine merch. 
And if you want uh, a little Rifcoms shirt, that's uh, teespring.com slash stores slash uh, muse. And if I'm leaving anything out, uh, we've been streaming more on my side on uh, Twitch and on YouTube. So that's uh, twitch.com slash Rifcoms. Oh, uh, look out for the uh, new brew episode. We're going to be working on that later on this week, mm-hmm. you know, for, uh, for my uh, uh, view- review a new podcast, you know. If this is your first time listening, all of our older episodes are on Spotify. Boom. So you're going to want to head over to Spotify, search Going Off Podcast. You're going to want to hit that follow. You're going to want to get the notification when there's a new episode out. And it's the only place where you can hear all 201 previous episodes in one place. And if you want, you can just hit one and just go to autoplay. And if you just want to binge Lovely, them all it. over the fucking weekend like a madman, you're welcome to do that, and Spotify is there to accommodate. And I guess until next week uh, for the Going Off podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And just in case you were thinking about checking out this fucking album, I want to I quote you a passage from, from Pass It On. I got a girl a glass of milk and some Oreos. Told her I really want to be her Romeo. <laughs> Wrote her a letter from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh. With an X and O. Oh. And an X and O. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking shit the fuck out of my face, man. <laughs> all the fucking shit, way. All the way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. We'll see you next week going off. 